Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name's Jeff Thomas. I've got my co-host, Jeff Rutt, with me today. Jeff, say hello. Hey, how's it going? We've got some special guests for you today. We've got Walker Hayes, who's a a singer-songwriter with some very popular songs that many know, and we'll talk about that later. But we've also got a co-author of his. Uh, Walker's written a book with Craig Cooper, and uh, it's called Glad You're Here. So we're going to talk some more about that. These guys are neighbors in the Nashville area. Craig is a speaker and Bible teacher and also obviously an author. And we just want to get into their story about being neighbors and what generosity looks like in their lives. Jeff Rutt, why don't you kick it off? And uh, before you ask a question, let me just let Craig and uh, Walker say hello, guys, real quick. Hello, you guys. What up? (laughs) Hey, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. All right. Jeff, let it rip. Welcome, Walker. So glad you could join us here today. Let's dive right in. Walker, I'd love to hear, uh, just give us a little bit of background pre-Jesus your life before Jesus? Oh, I mean, it's a lot the same. Just know Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a singer songwriter. I've been in Nashville about 18 years. I have six kids on earth, one in heaven, uh, pre Jesus. I say I'm about a three-year-old believer. So uh, far pre Jesus. I mean, I was an alcoholic. And I'll just say, let's say pre-Jesus is when I met Craig. And when I met Craig, I was anti, you know, all anything church related. I, I uh, wouldn't have walked in church for a million dollars. That my, my, was my wife and I's biggest argument. She was a believer. I was not. We had just had our sixth kid or I feel like maybe we were pregnant with our sixth kid. I was about to get a job at Costco. I was drinking heavily you know, every day and just trying to, just trying to be a dad, you know, a good dad and a good husband as a functional alcoholic in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, pre Jesus, this really has nothing to do really with Jesus occupationally wise, but, you know, I've been in Nashville writing songs and, you know, if you go and do that with your new wife and you start having a ton of kids I would say to anyone about to do that, that if you do it for about 15 years, you know, a lot of people start looking at you like you're crazy, you know, including your family. And you're probably going to experience a lot of rejection. And, you know, at that time in my life, I wasn't used to anyone affirming us or wanting to be near us. You know, there was no reason to want to associate yourself with a guy like me. You know, I, I had met everybody you could meet in Nashville. I've been dropped by two and a half labels, a few publishing companies. I had every kind of job you could have. Yet I, I, I wouldn't take the hint, you know, and go home. I was still, I, I would still write songs, you know, on my hands, on my, on my cups, on my napkins, on wow. any anything that ink would write on. And at the same time, Lenny and I wouldn't stop having kids, you know, that we couldn't, (laughs) that we, that we couldn't pay for, you know? So we just, you know, look from a worldly standard, no one had a reason to love us. There there was no, there was nothing to be proud of from a world 
from a worldly perspective. Uh, yeah. There was no success. I had no success that would draw you to me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I constantly talk about how the world is obsessed with success and we see people who have achieved things and we just immediately, bam, they're different to us. You know, they know mm-hmm. something we don't. And I, I want to be the first to tell everybody I don't. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, at that point in my life, Laney and I were very accustomed to just kind of feeling shunned, you know, and uh, I used to laugh and be like, I was the type of guy, if I walked up, it was like, hide your kids, hide your wife. There's that, <laughs> there's that songwriter guy that drives that Honda, you know, and uh, who's always got a beer in his hand. So, again, I don't think Jesus would look at me and say I was gross at that point. I actually think he would do what, what Craig did by the grace of God, which is came nearer to the yeah. broken heart due to, to me. But again, on a, from a worldly perspective, you guys, I, I was a mess. I was a very dark, you could paint a really, really dark painting of a storm with trash going everywhere. And that would be a, that would be a very adequate portrait of, you know, where, where my soul was. Yeah. You know, at that well, that's, point. Isn't, isn't that the, uh, the kind of folks Jesus leans into? And the situation Jesus leans into. Tell me about your journey uh, towards trusting in Jesus and and meeting Craig and yeah, how all that went down. Yeah, and man, it's it's uh, it's been so awesome. And I th- I think Craig would agree with me, you guys. Like, um, and I always as when I read stories in the Bible, I'm always like, man, I would have loved to talk to this leper five years after. Like, what you know, as he processed yeah. what had happened, you know, or Lazarus, like. Five years after you got pulled out of a tomb dead, what he was still he was still being like, oh my gosh, you, you guys remember that day? Uh, and so you know, I I just you know, Craig, you guys, it it was the light inside him. You know, you can hear from this weird song that I wrote thanking him. It was just different. You know, and I don't think my I don't think my perception of the world was wrong or untrue. It's just a place where we size each other up and we go, he deserves my affection. He does not. He meets my standard. He does not. We even look in the mirror and we go, you're not meeting my standard. You're not Mm -hmm. enough for me. We do that to ourselves. We do that to each other. Each other, our, our wives, our spouses do it back to us. We do it to them. We do it to our kids. You know, I look at my kid and I'm like, hit more home runs or I won't be proud of you. I don't really do that, but you know what I mean? We, we yeah, get yeah. sucked into that. Mm-hmm. And what Craig literally did was just be glad I was at church. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he knew he knew I didn't believe a freaking thing they said in that place. Mm-hmm. But he shook my hand and he gave me respect as a human being. Him and his wife fed us. It wasn't like uh, I was their charity. I wasn't their project. It didn't seem like mm. he was like, oh, I have an appointment to reach out to this center because he's especially in a bad, you know, he just mm. met us That's in awesome. a place at, at, a, at a time where nobody else would. And, and honestly, yeah. we wouldn't, we wouldn't blame him for it. Yeah. Wow. That's such a cool part of your story. I know you cover that in, in, in your book, glad you're here, but for those listeners out there that are, that are, thinking they need to make somebody their project. Sometimes it's just living life and trying to be a reflection of Jesus and just, just being somebody's friend and, and accepting them 
as they are. So, so yeah, talk about the next part of your journey, and then Craig, I'd love to, love to hear your your uh, flavor on on how that that all happened. So yeah, you know, a big part a big part was Craig giving me that vehicle. I wrote a song to thank him for it. You know, my kids were now safe. We had enough seatbelts. It was a baffling gift. I mean, it literally it confused me. It was so generous and brave of Craig to do that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to thank him. And so I wrote the song, Craig, uh, was very clear in the song, Craig, that I didn't believe in Jesus. But I thought I said, man, this dude might actually know him because, you know, I don't know why this guy won't. You know, why doesn't he stop loving us like everybody does? Even even us. Why, what you know, we did. We didn't love ourselves, you know, mm. but um, but, you know, uh, we lost a kid. And we lost a kid amidst a bunch, a bunch of worldly success. Like we were flying high. I actually had a hit. Uh, I was supposed to sing on TV one night, and that morning my wife went into labor, and we lost mm. our seventh, our seventh child. Mm. And it was a, it was just this, this perfect storm of just uh, success letting me down. You know, fame and all that. It wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And mm. then at the same time because I wasn't changed, you know, it was like, okay, so I had a hit, but I'm the same, you know, I still am insecure. I'm still me, you know, it didn't fix anything. And then we lost a child and I was hopeless. I mean, I, I was looking at my wife, my best friend that I couldn't console for once in my mm. life. I, heck, I couldn't even console me. Mm. And um, it really just, brought me to to my knees and depravity and I and I I saw my own sin I saw my grossness I saw the world's you know darkness very clearly there was a lot of light shed on that and I read a book by a, a person named Rosario Butterfield and her testimony and her anima honestly sadly guys her animosity towards believers drew me in I was like I feel that way I, I feel that and then that made me finish the book. Honestly, our testimonies were so similar uh, with our, my, our struggle with pride. The only difference was I had not yet surrendered, you know, my life to Christ, you know, just, just gone and done that. And uh, I began to read scripture and then I did that. And, um, you know, I just, I basically came face to face with my need for a savior, you know, I, I wasn't going to save me, you know, success wasn't going to save me. Even having my daughter back from the dead wouldn't save me. You mm -hmm. know, I realized that one day, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, wow. and so I just hugged Jesus. I mean, I, I just ran to Jesus and then I, and then I told Craig about it and man, you know, he was my favorite person to tell. He lost it. I told him in a in a <laughs> Japanese restaurant, and uh, I'm pretty sure I still have some tissue damage for, from broken ribs when he hugged me oh, that that awesome. night. Nice. And uh, man, wow. it, it's just been an amazing journey. And and now, Craig, you know, now we're we're next door neighbors, and um, we've we've obviously written a book, yeah, but we're doing what I, what I mentioned earlier is we're looking back and Craig and I have nobody to look at except God, the mm -hmm. father right now. Cause I mean, I, I swear every day what he has done becomes more and more magnificent. And, and I, and he reveals 
things that he's done that that I didn't even see. I didn't even see, you know. Yeah. And wow. uh it's amazing. That's awesome. Walker, thank you. That's that's a powerful, powerful story of your journey. Craig, love to hear your all of us have neighbors. And uh I know I could be a better neighbor, but would love to hear your your uh story on how this all came together and uh you know how Jesus used you in bringing this all together. Yeah, I mean I I love hearing Walker share because it's so clear that you know God did a huge work that mm-hmm. can only be attributed to God himself. And yeah. so you know when I hear him share what it what goes on in my mind it's Isaiah 42:8 and I just rehearse it and hear it in in my in my head I am the Lord that is my name my glory I give to no other mm-hmm. uh, nor my praise to idols it's really Amen. just God doing what only God can do and so you know it's remarkable hearing that and I'm blown away and honestly I just feel privileged and honored that the Lord said hey I'm going to give you this joy to be up close and, and personal and have a front row seat to watch me absolutely radically transform uh, your best friend's life. And, um, you know, I find that just remarkable from the Lord that he gave that privilege, but it's all work of that only God can do. And so, um, yeah, it's been amazing to, to watch. Greg, can you give yeah, us some ahead, background on on uh, you? I know you were, uh, you know, kind of in the church a little bit, pastor for a while, that sort of thing. And I know, you know, there's always two sides to this thing. So, you know, uh, Walker's got this great story of transformation, but, you know, we all have our own path. And uh, I know that you were kind of, you know, maybe when people would coin you the giver in this situation, but sometimes the giver gets as much out or more than the receiver from this thing. So maybe take us through a little bit of your past and and up to the point where you guys met and became friends. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I, I couldn't agree with that more. hundred percent, you know, just feel like the Lord's really blessed us and smiled on us to bring the haze into our lives and to bring Walker into mine. Um, yeah. So for me, I came to faith in Christ as a college freshman. Uh, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. And I had grown up actually going to church, you know, I, I'm from Chattanooga and uh, had grown up going to church every, you know, Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I was a leader in the youth group. Uh, I had straight A's in school and I had gone kind of the whole route of the quote unquote uh, good guy route. And, you know, what I realized is uh, it was just all religion to me. There wasn't a relationship with Jesus. And there was this lady, um, I was working at Red Food Store as a grocery bagger, you know, 17, 18. And uh, this lady stopped me and said, you are such a kind young man. Do you mind if I ask you a question? And I said, "Uh, sure, go ahead. And I'm smiling from ear to ear thinking that she's going to give me a bigger tip, you know, because some some people would get back then you would actually tip, you know, a dollar, sometimes two dollars. And if you're really like you'd get like five bucks. And so I'm thinking that this is where this is heading. But she says, you're such a kind young man. Do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, sure. And she she said that cross around your neck and she pointed to a, a, a wooden cross that was on a little rope necklace neck chain that I had. She said, 
that cross around, around your neck, is it decoration or is it real? And I didn't know how to respond, but it kind of stopped me in my tracks. Hmm. And I remember turning my head sideways and saying, uh, a little bit of both, Ooh. like a question. Yeah. And I didn't hustle back in after she left. I unloaded her groceries and all of that, uh, shut the trunk. And then I slowly walked back with that ringing in my ears, that cross around your neck. Is it decoration or is it real? And similar to what Walker was sharing about the, you know, the book from Rosaria Butterfield, um, I was so affected by that, that it never left me. And then when I was a college freshman, at UT, got invited to a, a, a campus ministry outreach, and the gentleman who was preaching the night that I came was October 26, 95. He's preaching all about Nicodemus, and out of John chapter 3, one of the most famous passages in Scripture, we all know, um, you know, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. Well, right above that, is a conversation with Jesus talking to a guy named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he would have been a good guy, like a quote unquote, good guy, the guy that you look at respectable in society, all of that. Um, he would have been the guy, you know, the straight A's, the, the valedictorian, the, you know, the, he, he would have had the Bible parts of it, memorized, all that stuff. But Jesus went right to his heart and basically said, you know, i tell you the truth. You, can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Um, can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Well, that's the night that I actually was born again. I came to faith in Christ. God just arrested me and completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I was talking to a gentleman right afterwards, and he said, you know, hey, Chant, what's God doing in your heart? And I said, I just want to give my life to Jesus and do what that man's doing. And I pointed to the guy who had essentially just led me to the Lord. Now, I went on a track of ministry from that point out. I, I you know, led in, uh, you know, Bible studies and stuff, ended up being the president of that campus ministry and then went the ministry route. But two and a half years after my first pastoral or into my first pastoral ministry role, um, you know, the, the wheels of the bus were falling off. Um, I had overextended myself. I, I had scheduled something every night and I was burning out. I was completely burned out. And um, I got released from that role. I was fired, you know, from my first ministry role. And it absolutely crushed me and broke my heart. And um, we ended up staying in the same church and ended up, you know, just kind of going deep and our, and, and the Lord used it to work some really profound things in me. My relationship with him actually thrived from there. I realized I don't need to, you know, have a position to have an impact, you know, in people's lives. I don't need to be in quote unquote ministry, you know, to be used by God and God doesn't need me. He doesn't need me at all, you know, <laughs> and it's a privilege if he decides to use me, you know, and so a lot of those things kind of got hit deep within me. So, you know, when I met Walker, what, what ended up happening was five years, I was out of pastoral ministry and I went into sales and went in, you know, my, helped my dad start a company and, 
and uh, in staffing and everything, and then ended up going back into pastoral ministry. That same team that had fired me five years later offered me a position back, and it was a very redemptive thing. And then five years after that, we left to, to plant Redeeming Grace Church in uh, the Nashville area, and that's when I met Walker. But you know, when he was talking about um, being dropped from, you know, mm. labels and whatnot, I could really relate to that. I was like, okay, I know what that feels like. And we met in the broken. I mean, we kind of really had, you know, companionship in the midst of just the the hard stuff of life. And he just became just the dearest of friends to me. And I always left anytime with him feeling built up and encouraged, you know, even before he knew the Lord or came to a relationship with Jesus, I was always built up by, by his friendship. And it's only grown from there. I mean, now we share the brotherhood of Christ. And so it's, it's remarkable. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, one of the common themes, both from you, Sharon and Walker, to me, that just really stands out is God really grows us in the valleys. There's a lot of growth in the valleys. You know, you, you go to the mountain, there's a tree line, a growth line, and there's a lot of growth below that line, not much above it. A lot of times we want to, we think intuitively, oh, the mountaintop experiences are where we want to be. But God really, if you look at the life of Joseph, I think is one of the best examples. He gets mm-hmm. thrown in a pit by his brothers. The nicest brother sells him, you know, to the Egyptians. And then he, he gets falsely accused, mm-hmm. uh, thrown in prison by Pot- Potiphar. And then who was it? The butler forgets about him mm-hmm. when, uh, when he has those dreams. But it says, says in Genesis, each, t- each of those times, but God was with Joseph. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really grew him and he was preparing him for an amazing future you know, to save, save the whole nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's I, just really cool to to hear both of your stories. Walker, talk a little bit about fancy like what was that? What was it like to kind of have that amazing hit? Like I've I've read a little bit about it. Of course, just love the song. Um, have have uh, just have have the world of respect for you and your story and that your songwriting. Talk a little bit about what it was like to experience that. Did you kind? Of, did you know that was going to be a hit? Uh, did you just feel it in your bones? And then also, tell us what did your family life? You have six kids. What? How did your family life change? And how are you managing success these days? There had to be a huge shift. And how are you managing all that? Well, man, to be quite honest with you. I mean, fancy like it's been a blessing in a lot of ways, but it's also been very just puzzling. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, we literally went from 18 years of nobody cared who I was. And now all <laughs> of a sudden I'm on boards and panels and like people ask me for advice. Like I know something that and, and I'm just like, bro, I just had a hit song. That's it. And you know what? I didn't even have it by myself. It took four people to write that. That silly song about Applebee. So it's like, I feel like I continually have to check people and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just had a hit song. I am the same individual <laughs> I was a minute ago. Like you wouldn't ask me to change a light bulb because I'll blow out your house. 
and, and now, you know, now, now, now everybody's like, can you give us fathering advice? And, uh, you know, can you, can you, can you pray for me? And I'm like, you don't get it, bro. I'm the dumbest guy on the planet. But, um, man, it's been, uh, it's, that's again, true humility, it's, it, 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 yeah. no, no, I'm telling you, it's the truth. I, and I'm not mm. just saying that to be mm. humble. I, I am, uh, I love to write songs. I will, I think Craig can attest to this. When I had this song, I said it's going to be big. I didn't know how big. I mean, I, I knew I loved it. And so, you know, that, that was fun, you know, to see the world tell me that it, it was even greater than I thought it was, you know, and yeah. um, that's been, that's been fun. Um, yeah. Well, well Walker, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, but before no. we go on, for some of our listeners may not know how big it did get. So how many ah. weeks was it number one and how big did it get? How big is it? And then tell the rest of your story. I want to hear some of the oh, details. Oh, shoot. I, I know it's four times platinum. That's all I know. I, I, I think it was number one on the Billboard hot country charts for like, I think it's like the fourth longest which is is like 26 weeks or something wow crazy. it's, it's wow. something insane I, I knew yeah yeah no it's it's amazing it's an honor as a as a songwriter just and yeah. uh and and again you guys god did that you know just like god yeah. took my little girl you know to heaven he also mm. made fancy like happen mm-hmm. and he also made craig walk into my life and he also made that nail hit my tire yesterday you know yeah. i mean it's like <laughs> And so, you know, yeah. yeah, look, it's a blessing. It's awesome. It's great. You know, I don't um like it hasn't been easy to have like to all of a sudden be famous. You know, that would that and uh and you know, you asked earlier about my family. It is a um we're still adjusting, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the first two months of fancy like I don't know how many people know this, but I left for two months to go promote mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. And I and I told my manager Thank you guys. I think you will be fully compensated for your investment in me. I can't thank you enough for believing in me. This is amazing, but this isn't what I I wanted to do. You know, I didn't want to leave, you know, mm-hmm. f- for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. so the the one of the biggest earthly just one one of the things I'm most grateful for is that I can afford to take my family with me. Awesome. And I'm, I'm spoiled guys. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I had a, sh- I had a show a couple weekends ago by myself and I was like, who am I performing for? My, my kids aren't side stage. And my <laughs> wife isn't, That's my, Lenny's awesome. not, Lenny's not right there, you know, laughing at me. So uh. it's, it, but it has, you know, it's, you know what, man, it hasn't fixed. That's the thing, man. Jesus fixes it all and, mm. and, and, and success. I don't know. I still miss my dad. I still mm. fight with my wife. I still, mm. you know, mm. I still run into nails. I don't know. Mm. It's just um, <laughs> success hasn't really changed anything. If anything, it's given me a lot more problems to learn how to mm. to, to mm-hmm. navigate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that's really cool yeah. that your kids are spending, that you're getting to spend time with your kids on the road. Totally. That's, that's totally. amazing. Talk a little totally. bit more about that. I mean, they've yeah, got to appreciate that. Yes, they do. And we have, man, we make some crazy memories. They're so good. We take them for granted. But I will tell you also, the the dance that Leela and I did, that's probably one of my, you know, if when, when I'm in heaven and somebody's like, hey, what are your top five 
you know, mm. memories on earth. I'll be wow. like, I'll be like, you know, one day I did a dance, you know, with my daughter and it, it just was a wildfire, you know, it, the, the hope and the, the joy I know. And it has nothing to do with Applebee's. It has nothing to do with my songwriting. It has nothing to do with the music. That dance just obviously met this world at some magical place that only, only the Lord could have lit that fire. It trust me. If I wanted to do that again, I can't. I yep. trust me. I try. I'll never do that again. I'll never be a part of something that pure and and beautiful. And I get to share it with my firstborn yep. child. Oh. I mean, that's crazy. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. You know, one one thing that is such a blessing out of that. There's so many challenges that come with success, you know, and we have a lot of people on this podcast that, that have success, but we always like to hear about it's never a straight up into the right deal. And one of the blessings that you do have out of this is a bigger platform. And so I know that, you know, you're using that platform right here, you know, with this book, uh, glad you're here to, to, you know, speak to other people, but you've talked about, I've heard you talk about, you know, using your platform on stage to your audience to talk about your faith. And then also uh, I saw on your website, you have a be a Craig fund. So maybe you could talk about the platform and how you're using it on stage and maybe off stage. Uh, yeah. To be a blessing. Yeah. I, you know, shoot guys. I'm, I mean, I'm a broken individual. I, I do my best. I, I, my favorite song I sing every night is Craig because it's a very, I'm telling you, man, God gave me, a softball. I mean, every night he's like, these people came and they came to hear songs about yourself at restaurants that you eat at, uh, beers that you drink, <laughs> beers that you don't drink, uh, <laughs> songs about your kids. So, so it's like God designed this show. So like people come to hear me just be honest, you know? And then, so in the middle of my show, I get to say, Hey, you know, this song is, is just like the rest. It's just the truth. And believer, unbeliever, I have to tell you this story. And so I share my testimony and I play Craig and that's hands down. It's a, it's honestly, it's, it's like a reset button for me each night. It also reminds me, you know, and I think a lot of successful people, maybe believers can, can relate with me here. It really checks my heart. And I, and I have to go, hey, am I using this book? Am I using this song to draw followers to myself in this region? Because I know that the minute I say Jesus, 5,000 people will scream. Or am I pouring it out? And, and I want to point to God's glory, not myself. You know what I mean? I have, I, have to, I have to really check on myself when I use that platform because it can quickly turn to I am holy, you know, and, um, you know, you, you want to buy a ticket to the next show, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, you know, God's offered me a, a, a platform and that song. And then, uh, the book, you guys, the book is crazy. You know, Craig and I started that book. Craig started it. Then he let me join it. Craig and I could have sold seven copies to like our parents and cousins. Yeah. When we started that book. It, we we had absolutely no idea that it would be just worldwide, you know, literally all over the planet. 
and that, you know, people would be sharing the book, sharing the story of our very simple friendship. It's just a story about a friendship. We just happened to disclose all the details that happened, you know, behind the closed doors of that friendship. And again, back to Craig and I, I mean, Craig and I continually look at each other in awe of the Lord's work, all that he's done, because trust me, Craig and I both know, we'll both admit, we could not have done this. We're not smart enough. We're not strategic enough. We're not business people like you guys. We're, we're just normal, just lame dads, you know, you're going, trying to do life, you know, and, and then all of a sudden this book, you know, comes from the Lord through our hearts together. And, um, it's magnificent and it's amazing. Well, I love, I love that, uh, that you are using that platform, but also talking about the struggle, you know, that struggle never goes away. That tension of, am I doing this for myself or am I doing it right. trying to do it for the right reasons? But you know, God forgive me every morning if I'm trying to make it about myself. I think we all struggle with that. So I think people identify with that. Craig, how has this changed your platform? How, how has this uh, led to new opportunities for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's so interesting because when Walker wrote the song Craig, he sent it to us and it hit me in a moment where I was just absolutely flabbergasted and blown away and reduced to, you know, tears and gratefulness. I I was actually in a season of pretty deep discouragement in ministry. And I had taken a walk that day, that, that morning and had stopped in the middle of uh, main street in downtown Franklin, heading out to 11th and back on fair. And I stopped and, and said, God, I need you to please encourage me. Is anything I'm doing making a difference in anybody's life? And that night is when I I got that song sent from Walker. Wow. I was I know it's crazy, and but we kept it really tight. We kept it a, a secret. We we didn't want to you know share that with anybody for multiple reasons. Just felt like it was. It was God really hugging on us. It was a very um, private thing. So I was blown away when, you know, Walker said, hey, the team wants to put this on the album, Boom. And that shocked me because it's a very personal song, you know. And but again, we said, okay, I remember talking to his management team. I I remember talking to Rob, you know, and and just saying, well, you know, the great thing is nobody knows my last name. Nobody knows, you know, any of this. And, and so we were able for years and years just to, you know, from 2017, you know, on to be able to keep it where we were just anonymous. And so I think for me, Jeff, when Walker moved next door and he was lit on fire for Christ and we ripped the fence out between us and we're just it was it was during the pandemic and the lord just arranged it i mean you you moved in walk like uh maybe a week or two after I, like, we announced it was a pandemic yeah literally the, i remember sitting at your house cuz you you're you had a trip canceled to go right. out of the country yep. and we were moving in the next week 
when, yeah. when, and we, I was actually glad your trip got canceled because we could <laughs> hang out. <laughs> it was crazy. And hang out. We did. Uh, we just, you know, we would be on our back deck or on their back deck. We quarantined together, all of us and, you know, ripped the fence out between our two backyards and just did life in a slow way. I mean, when I say slow, it's like, just, you know, we're, we're all doing dinners together. We're hanging out on the couch. We watch shows together. We, you know, we Walker and I wrote songs together. That's, that's when we wrote the hope song, Jeff. Uh, that's, that was, we went to get pizza that night. We ran into Isaac Azale. I remember that. And then wow. uh, we, we awesome. left, we left from there and, and ended up writing the song for hope international. And, you know, it was so clear Walker's heart for Christ. I mean, his house next door, all over the walls, just scripture after scripture after scripture. And, you know, and he, and we were having conversations in, in the kitchen about, you know, I remember you saying, man, sometimes I just want to just cancel all my socials, you know, just turn it all off. And we were talking about going to Rwanda together and, and just serve, just like, let's just go serve Jesus. And, you know, willing, I mean, Walker kind of was willing to just give everything up, you know, and he's talking about ministry. I remember saying, you know, saying, hold up, man, the Lord's given you, you know, this platform and stuff, but this is way before fancy, like, and then I was writing and I was just writing more about God's work in everyday life and God, you know, God in suburbia is what we were calling it. But then walks, you know, we were sharing back and forth. And then it became really clear. He was excited about that. And then I was like, man, you want to do this together? And so we were able to share our stories together. So for me, that's the thing that I love about the, the book is the both of us, our voices can blend together to point the finger so clearly to Jesus Christ yeah. as the one who receives the glory for anything good that's happened you know, through our friendship in our lives. And so we walk through the mess and the messiness and the, and the, you know, just discouragements and, and failures and all this kind of stuff. And then this redemptive God who does amazing things. And then, uh, yeah, we, we get it all. I mean, we were, we were on like chapter five working on it when mm. editing chapter five, when fancy like hit. So then you're going, what in the world? So uh, it's <laughs> yeah. clear that God wanted this story to be told. And, you know, now we sit back and laugh because, you know, we just, we had to move at some point from, you know, like keeping it a secret to going, okay, Lord, you want everybody to hear this. And I was so glad to be able to kind of share my perspective through the book to, so that everybody who reads it can walk away and go, the hero of the story is not Craig. The hero of the story is not Walker. The hero of the story is nobody here. The hero right. of the story is Jesus. And Amen. man, he's amazing. Yeah. And he's the one who walked on water and turned it Napa Valley red, the true light of the world. And so, uh, yeah, it has changed the, you know, I didn't have an Instagram platform. I didn't have socials. I didn't have anything until Walker moved in next door. And I remember, you know, kind of you walking me through that, you know, Walker and I, and I, I struggle too with how do you do this? How do you do this in a way that just shares your life and also, you know, just really points everybody 
to Christ over and over and over and over again. And that's, that's, that's my goal. Um, that's awesome. It. Hey, well, Jeff, I know you probably have a question here to wrap us up, but before we do, I love both of your humility. You know, Patrick Lencioni talks about uh, hungry, humble, smart. And Walker, your comment earlier about just walking away and saying, hey, it's been awesome. I want to spend time with my family. That's a, that's a true, in my mind, a true humility, the combination of the hungry, humble, and smart. Your family was uh, so important to you, and you were, you were willing to, to give up a lot for that. But, and it's really cool to hear. Um, I mean, you're, I was getting emotional listening to you talk about that moment when you and your daughter uh, just oh. wrote that song. And that's like probably, if not number one, number you know one of the top five of, of your memories of your life oh um, yeah but, but it's really cool to hear both of you talk about the importance of your families and i think the generosity there you know their our podcast is called the generous business owners podcast but i think it starts at home it starts with our relationship with jesus it starts with our relationship with their family it starts with being generous in our smallest circles with our neighbors but jeff Bring us home. I know you like to end with a, a key question and and bring us in the home plate here. Yeah, thanks guys for joining us today. We always uh, like to kind of wrap it up. You know, this is just, I mean, you guys are really business owners like we were talking about before we started recording, just as a speaker and uh, as a songwriter and singer. You know, you don't run big companies that have lots of employees, but I love this idea of generosity to your neighbor and generosity of using your platform. And I'm just thinking of something I heard somebody say yesterday, they said, you know, God's timing is always perfect and it's never the same as ours. So like you could never have predicted that this book project would happen with the song hits and he launches it based on, I mean, it just blows my mind just sitting here. I'm just trying to catch up with you and there's no catching up uh, God's way ahead of us. So, but the thing we always try to leave everybody with is just something practical, you know, um, it could go anywhere. You guys have left us with a lot to think about, but maybe for somebody just walking down the street going, you know, I don't have this kind of platform, but I'd like to start being more generous in my general life. You know, maybe each of you, if uh, it, maybe Craig, we hit you first. What, what's just something that, what does that stir in your mind? What, what might you share? Yeah, I think about, uh, there's a wonderful verse, First Thessalonians 2, 8, and it says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves, our own lives, mm. because you've mm. become very dear to us. I think, you know, generosity takes on so many different forms, but we all have time and time is our greatest asset. Um, you know, you can, when you share your time, you're being generous. And so, you know, I would encourage anybody, whether you have little or much in, you know, we've all been in, in different seasons where we've had less and we've had more. Um, we have time and we can open up our doors and we can invite people over and we can spend time with them and then just watch what what God wants to do as you give of yourself in that way. I think that's a way of sharing your life. And, and that's, you know, curiosity, just care, mutual care, you know, being with one another and, and Walker's done that for me. I mean, I remember him running the scoreboard 
uh, for my son's baseball games with me and how much that affected me because, you know, he didn't have to be there, but he would sit there on Saturdays and give of his time to run the scoreboard so that he could hang with me. And we would talk about all kinds of things. And then we'd go hang out and watch him play at Puckett's uh, Boathouse when there were 15, 20 people there. And then we'd listen and I'd encourage him in the parking lot, dude, you're going to play for stadiums. (laughs) (laughs) Because, because I'm thinking like, my goodness, you know, everybody's put your chicken bones down and listen to this guy sing. Um, So, but we honestly, what we shared and, and we were both struggling financially. I would say that during that season, but what we shared together most is just our time. Yeah. And you can be generous with that. And if that's all you've got to give, that's your greatest asset. Yeah. That's a great word. Being a better neighbor, just giving of your time. And uh, Walker, what's stirring around in your brain? What's, what's maybe a practical tip that you could share? Uh, I mean, Craig, I'm all over, you know, what Craig just said. He's exactly right. That's one thing we noticed on the tail of the book is how many things brought us together that, um, they they weren't like their thing like books music things we did baseball you know god is awesome and those things are awesome and it's cool to look at those things for what they are which are you know they're they're to name craig's old company they're conduits you know they bring us together a baseball and a glove brings me and my son together it's way more than a ball and a glove you know it's a moment it's and um that's something I do with my kids and and it sounds easy, but honestly, it's not always easy. But I, I, when I first had kids, I had desires that I wanted them to have. And then as, as I grew older as a dad and I realized that didn't really help you relationship wise with your kids because they have completely different desires and infatuations and obsessions and things that they want to do and don't want to do. And so with each of my children, I try to find something that is completely their, their passion, their thing. And I dive into it. I mean, I'm talking about if one of them wants to skateboard, I'm going to have a broken arm in a couple of weeks because I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to coach them. I'm not going to, we're not going to get out there and like, try to make them do it right. We're just going to go out and be, I'm going to be their age. And I'm going to go skateboard, you know, even if we don't talk, I'm just going to go do it with them. And that has changed my relationship with my kids. And I think what Craig was saying, and I agree with him, is like at some point in life, we have to do that with each other. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, with your like it's I I think it's very practical and cool to have something to do with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, Craig and I, you know, I'm alcoholic, but Craig and I drank together. And I'm not saying go drink with people, but, you know. God used our time drinking together. It obviously mm. had a purpose, you know, and mm. that's weird. I know some people be like, I don't know, but you know, do it's spending things. time together. It's spending exactly. time with your kids, with your friends, with it your is. neighbors, just the gift of time. I love what you said, Walker, about don't consider everything a project. Just right. be like, be the right. church. It you. doesn't, it doesn't have to have a purpose. Every, every right. meeting, God's got his purpose. It's already mm, there. Yeah. You, you don't got to have your own just, mm. just go, go, go be with this, this individual and the Lord, you know, and just be, just do life. 
and you know God will get you to His goals. And uh, but yeah, you know that's that, I guess that's kind of a practical tactic I try to. Oh, use. for sure. And and I think I just keep thinking, what a gift coming out of COVID. Most, oh, most gosh, people think yeah. COVID was just, I mean, it was awful and there were some terrible things that happened, loss of life and all of those things. And people are forced together. And to me, this is a real positive story of light that it came is. out of that, that yeah. time. Totally. You know? yeah, totally. Yep. Absolutely. So thank Jeff, you guys you so us, much. Go ahead, yeah, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, as you wrap us up here, first of all, I just wanted to say, I'll let you wrap this up, but Craig Walker, thank you so much for joining. Just, Love your new book. We'll put uh, a link in the show notes to Glad You're Here and, of course, a link to Fancy Like and uh, your amazing music, Walker. But uh, really appreciate you guys joining the podcast today and just appreciate your story, uh, the example it is to our listeners. And, yeah, God be the glory. Mm. Amen. Amen. I'll just add my thanks. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Walker. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. And Jeff, thanks for joining today. We'll see you next week. All right. See you, buddy. guys. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.